Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. We are tackling the thorny subject of dividends. Is it free money or are you moving money from one pocket to the other? Check out what we're talking about in here and you'll see exactly why, but perhaps more importantly, an even better way of helping you generate income on your investments. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my faithful offsider, Mr. Mitchell Laurentiu. And faithful I am, especially when we're gonna talk about getting paid, Mr. Baxter. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Mm. Topic of discussion today, dividends, they're back. Dividends are back, back in black, baby. How good does that sound? I love that song and I love getting paid. Indeed, it's uh, it's been something of a resurgence over, uh, over the last reporting season we've seen in Australia. So I guess, good idea to walk through dividends, what they are, how they work, um, the tax side of it, is investing for dividend a good idea just because they're back? I guess we'll get to that at the back end of the discussion. And Leave uh, that to the end. That, yeah. That's kind of the, the sort of the sprinkle on top of the cake. Bit of here. intrigue. What are we going to say? I wonder. I wonder too. Okay, well, let's kick it off with what are dividends. It's a great place to start some contextual framework. How do they work? What are they? Okay, well, think about dividends in this way. Uh, if you are a shareholder in a company and the company makes a profit, um, part of that profit they may choose to distribute to their shareholders as a thank you for being an investor in the business to give you an income flow or a yield on your shares. So it's basically like being a reward for owning shares in that company. So partial, sort of an amount set aside, paid to you every six months. Yeah, they're paid every six months here in Australia. Um, you know, and, and for many people, particularly in you know, self-managed super, uh, and for retirees, having that income flow has been the lifeblood really of investing, particularly in the stock market, because it's been their way of generating cash flow. I think we can find some better ways, but we'll talk about those as we go on through. So yeah, it's your reward as a shareholder. It's your snippet, if you will, of the company profits for that six month period, Sure, paid into your bank account. Sounds very nice. Now you can either reinvest your dividends or you can collect that in cash. Hmm. What are the differences between the two? Just very briefly. Yeah. So take it as cash, obviously cash is cash, it's your income. Taking it as reinvested, you can end up with more shares in the business. And earlier on in your investing life, I think taking them as a dividend reinvestment plan is a good idea to increase the size of your asset pool. As you get older, you probably will back that out, I guess, to income if that becomes more important to you. Well, there you go. That's a nice sort of basic overview. Mm. So thank you for sharing that. Now that's all set in vain, especially last year, because majority of our bank's dividends, for example, were cut. It wasn't just the banks. I mean, it was across the board as we went into the precipice of the unknown of what most of 2020 was going to look like. And from a company perspective, if you think you've got retained earnings or earnings that have come in, and you've got a choice of giving some of that out to your shareholders or going, well, look, we're not sure what's coming over the hill. Let's just keep our powder dry and keep the cash in the piggy bank in case we need to ride out you know, what could be some fairly tough times. Uh, was very prudent and last year and I know we've talked about this previously with, with within a, a banking um, a banking podcast um, APRA the, the regulator for the banks the Australian Prudential Regulator Association said that they were they suggested that the payout from the banks should be kept at about 50% to retain those earnings they provided guidelines on that but a lot of other companies out there elected not to pay out dividends or interim or special dividends, instead choosing to keep their powder dry, Harvey Norman being probably the copybook example of that. So you know, the company's elected to keep the cash, to, to, to have working capital to do what needed to be done in a very, very uncertain environment. But as we've seen for many, many businesses, um, you know, they've been off to the races and so they have been paying those out in either as, uh, as uh, special dividends or indeed as we've started to see through this earnings season, you know, some absolute rippers. Absolutely, and I think it's important to note that most companies have really topped the expectations in their most recent reports. Prices are pretty much back to pre-COVID levels, so things are returning back to normal very quickly. There's almost that pressure where 
there's a progressive dividend plan needed, which is what mm. we're starting to see, if I'm correct. Yeah, look, I don't know if all companies are back to where they need to be. I mean, if we if we take the overall broad index, or as we speak today, we're a couple hundred points shy of that, um, which I, I suspect we'll see happen over the next two, three trading weeks. Um, but there have been a lot of winners and losers in there. If you look at companies like Treasury Wines, um, MacArthur Coal, um, you know, Qantas, these companies have been pilloried pretty flight center. These companies have been pilloried pretty hard, um, obviously with the styling of their business operations through lockdown and travel restrictions and, and the like. But at the same time, on the other side of the ledger, you know, the money has to go somewhere. And you, know, you look at the sort of statistics, uh, the amount of money, for example, that Australians spend overseas each year on holiday while they're traveling is somewhere in the order of between 64 and $100 billion a year. That's a lot. And that's now being spent more locally here. It's being spent locally here. And if you consider the size of the retail sector in Australia, it's probably, I could be out on this number, but ballpark is about $320 billion is the turnover in retail. So over 20% of the entire retail sector is spent overseas every year when people are on trips. That hasn't gone there. So that's certainly gone back into the coffers of retail. We've also seen an increase in household savings rates, which is a good thing too. So this has provided a lot of these companies with plenty of cash um, to reward their shareholders. You know, JB Hi-Fi bumper numbers uh, and, and a very, very well-run business. Uh, the, the, the way that they've handled um, things uh, has been you know, very, very well done insofar as um, e during lockdown in Victoria, for example, they had Uber cars delivering door to door. So you didn't miss out on your shopping experience. So their, their, their sales have been astronomical. Sure. On. But there are other companies that have done equally as well, if not better. And BHP is probably the big example. You know, the big Australian, the biggest mining company in the world. Um, boosted uh, by, you know, the, the one-way ticket, which is iron ore prices right now. Uh, and it's seen BHP Bank, you know, a whopping, whopping six-month profit. You know, eclipsing that of the Commonwealth Bank by almost double. And, crazy. And, and it's seen the company announce you know, a, a massive dollar twenty dividend per share, puts them on a yield of about three point seven percent, which is huge. Which is historically high for a company mm. like BHP. When you think yep. yields of three four percent, you're thinking old school businesses like Telstra, which are dividend stocks. BHP is not a dividend stock. Typically, Telstra right? a dividend stock, or is it just a dreadful stock? It's a dreadful stock. Delete as appropriate, I think. Delete means. as appropriate. Mm. A terrible stock that pays a decent dividend. Yep. We'll go with that. BHP typically is not that not that stock. Mm. Now, they've increased their <clears throat> dividends, so two of the banks. We're also about to see Fortescue release an interim dividend in a couple of days' time from the, from the time of this recording. I know, it's exciting, right? So you've talked about businesses getting back to normal, and that's mm. why they're increasing their dividends. Are there yeah. any other reasons around that? Look, I think they've rewarded their shareholders for their loyalty through there, and in the case of you know, BHP, you know, I mean, it's just had a colossal run on the back of iron ore, and its business, it's it, it sort of, it's an interesting one because it's trying to divest itself of its coal interests. And you know, if you go back and look at the, the history of BHP from when it was Broken Hill Proprietary you know, 20, 30 years ago, the business has changed immeasurably. They spun out um, their steel business. They've spun out S32. I would say you know, they're looking to do a trade sale and or, or split off their, their thermal uh, coal business probably quite hard to sell a coal business in the current environment, so I suspect you're going to see that as a spin-off. And it's concentrating on its you know, major portfolio of assets. They're obviously iron ore being you know, the big one. It's 80% of the company's profit. And with record prices in iron ore, that has flowed through for the bottom line. And, and they are distributing that. And look, BHP's had a history of looking after its shareholders. If we go back to um, you know, 10, 12 years ago, uh, under Cloppers and Don Argus, there was the progressive dividend plan that they had, which they then shelved as the mining sector slowed down. Very prudent 
uh, management, and now they've opened the taps up again. And you know, three point seven percent yield on a stock like BHP is unprecedented, and it's a, it's it's a record distribution for them in terms of percentage. And it's just a sign that when the business is good, um, you know, in theory, a rising tide lifts all boats. I love that saying, mm. and I think it really does highlight the kind of level of stewardship that we see in these companies like BHP and Fortescue, mm. for example, which is exactly why we have trades out there on those companies mm. all the time. Yeah. Do you think we will see that progressive dividend plan come back? Yeah, I'm not so sure. I mean, people are talking, and, and, and I listened to a terrific interview with the BHP CFO um, yesterday, and they're talking about a commodity super cycle, and he's been very careful to play that down and say, look, let's not use those kind of labels. Things are good. I don't know that you'll necessarily see the um, nature of a progressive dividend cycle, but they've got a situation right now where they are flush with cash, and they've paid some of it out, which is which is a great thing. And there'll be a lot of investors will be rubbing their hands when you consider 0.1% interest at the bank or 3.7% uh, running yield on your BHP stock and a share price that's up, you know, 30, 40%. So it's been good news all around for those people that have picked it up at those lower levels. Um, but there will come a time in their business where they become more project heavy, where they're bringing things on stream, where they need that cash within the business. So I wouldn't be buying banking on that dividend continually increasing. Um, so that's something to be minded of. And, and, and you know, they've also made noises about becoming you know, carbon neutral, as a lot of companies have talked of. Uh, you know, one of the big things they're talking about is reducing diesel at their mine sites. You know, diesel Hilux replacing them with electric and things like that. But uh, great while it's there. I guess the, the next thing to understand about dividends, um, obviously, yeah, we've got Fortescue coming this week, and as a shareholder there, I'm quite looking forward to that. Great you stewardship. would be, I can imagine. Um, but um, the tax benefits sometimes of dividends too can be quite an interesting reason why for people if we're still talking of the positives. And that's something in Australia, it's uniquely Australian, uh, and that's called franking credits. And that's whereby um, the dividend payment amount um, has had the tax paid at the corporate tax rate. 27, 30% tax rate paid, so that when you receive it, you're receiving a tax paid income. So if you're on a lower tax bracket, you actually get a credit for that, right? Absolutely, so if you're doing something in super, and this is why franking credits are so, so important in superannuation, your tax rate is 15%, the tax has been paid 27, 30%. Um, that means that the tax has been overpaid, and that overpayment of tax, as you say, becomes what we call a franking credit, and gives you an offset for other tax that's falling due uh, within your super, which is terrific, very, very tax effective. So what about on the opposite end of the scale? Let's say you're a high income earner mm. paying 45 cents in the dollar. You have 15 cents short. We all aspire run. to be like you, Mitch. We all, we all aspire to be like you. Don't, don't <laughs> flip this around. Okay, so in that regard, you, you will then pay the top-up tax. So if it's been paid at 30, and let's say your marginal rate is 47 cents, there's a further 17 cents tax you've got to pay on that dividend, but mm -hmm. not your full marginal rate, just the top-up components. So sure. again, either end of the scale, having someone pay the tax on part of your income for you is a great thing. And not all companies have franking credits, but the majority of the banks and, 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 and the bigger companies do. Uh, and having that tax paid is a great thing, it's a big bonus. So out of interest, and I, I personally actually don't know the answer to this, how long have these franking credits been around and mm. who invented them? Who was long, the genius? Longer than you, my friend. Longer than me. And uh, you know, so they've been, in, they've been a situ in Australia for a while, but you've got to remember Australia's a relatively high tax regime as well. So it's kind of, um, you know, it, it's quite a political hot potato. You know, the Labour Party were talking about abolishing franking credits because it lets the rich get richer. And you just think, well, you know, if you've already paid your tax on your income, you've paid your contributions tax in your super, you're paying 15% income tax in there, when's enough enough? Uh, and, and having a little bonus like that, um, yeah, I don't think it's such a bad thing. And I think Labour realised that it disenfranchised an awful lot of their voting uh, base when they talked about it. So they, I think, have dropped that as a policy now. Sure. 
Okay, now... Always easy to be in opposition, my friend. It is, it is. It's always uh, easy to uh, sort of argue the, the, the counterpoint there. Hmm. Okay, now, if we talk about dividend-style investors, hmm. they're typically longer-term plays. They're yep. holding the shares for capital growth, and they get their income hmm. along the way. Now, and I use the analogy of kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul, yep. one pocket to the other. Can you please explain why that sure. is? So in, in the instance, say, for example, this week where Commonwealth Bank paid $1.50 uh, to its shareholder, um, that dollar fifty has actually come off the capital value of the business. You know, there was a couple of billion dollars sitting in Commonwealth bank account. It's now been pushed out to its investors to cash out. So it's dropped that uh, off its balance sheet, and in doing so, um, oftentimes you'll see the share price will actually fall by the dividend event. Um, so if it's paid a dollar fifty out, you might see the share price drop by a dollar fifty. Sometimes more. Sometimes though they don't drop. Sometimes holding they're the holding, dividends, right? holding their dividend. When you see a company and the share price hasn't dropped by as much as the dividend amount, that's usually a really good strength indicator. There's a lot of internal uh, power and momentum within the business like that, that it's held onto its dividend and is recovered fairly quickly. Does that mean there's kind of buying pressure to it, keep it, keep the price afloat? I guess to an extent, yeah, there's not been people that have sort of gone in to scalp it for, for, for the dividend right, side okay. of things. So, you know, I've always struggled to get my head around the notion that, okay, I, I own these shares, I've been paid my dividend, I've now got this money. Yes, you have, you've got income, but it's come out of your capital account because typically your shares are going to be worth less. So in other words, you've moved it from your left pocket to your right pocket. It's not new money, it's just moved. It's your money, it's just moved pockets. You still own the shares, hopefully they recover, and you get your capital growth back over there. And in that regard, you know, it's a bit of a flawed strategy. Look, if you're a long-term holder of the shares, you're going to hold them for the next 10 years. Not many shares you do that with, but let's say you're going to hold them for the next 10 years. Does it really matter that the share price blipped down and moved up? Well, yeah, I think it does because there are opportunities for you to make more money uh, and be immune to those uh, capital moves in the stock. I would have thought that you know, when, you, when you step back and remove yourself from the emotion of being a dividend investor, whatever that really means, if you're someone that's looking for income, there are far better ways of doing it. Well, let's talk about those. That's certainly a great way to come to the end of the broadcast. We can chat about cash flow and demand, which is our bread and butter. Yep. That's a pretty good alternative to dividend investing. Can you tell us why? Absolutely, I mean, this is an option strategy. You own the shares in just the same way you would if you were looking to receive the dividend, um, but you're selling a call option over the top of the shares. And that generates you what we call premium income. And oftentimes that premium income is significantly better than what you're gonna pick up with a dividend on a stock. Um, you know, if we take BHP um, today or CBA three days ago, you would have outperformed that using a cash flow on demand in terms of the income flow on there over maybe a six or eight week period. So if you say, look, I can get paid, say $1.20 every six months, nicer than it is, how about if you could get that every six weeks? Sounds a lot better to me. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have something weekly than every six months. Well, it's uh, six or seven times more powerful, right? For sure, in that regard, but it also helps f smooth cash flow because most people's bills don't come twice a year. They normally come every week or every month or every day. Sure. And so having a more regular cash flow there is key. And there might be more activity in your account, you're buying and selling shares, um, but the return has got the potential to be significantly better. Um, the other issue is that, okay, you go, well, okay, you've received your income from selling a call option, but at some point you've got to sell your shares. Yes, you will, but you'll be selling your shares at a higher price than what you pay for them. So you is, are still getting the benefits of capital growth as well. Exactly, versus holding onto the share, seeing it drop in value, having the money move to your right pocket, and you still own the shares, but they're worth less. Sure. Strange phenomenon, people want to invest for dividend. It's part of a myriad of strategy, but I don't think it should be your only one. And if you're someone that manages your own super or any kind of investment where you're looking for income, there are far better ways uh, I think, than just simply targeting dividends and getting a check twice a year. They do involve doing a bit of work and you're gonna to need to know what you're doing, but the rewards are very handsome by comparison and significantly more regular. 
and on a percentage basis, I would venture significantly higher too. Sure. Well, even just using the statistics, the buy ride index or the covered call index yeah. versus just the normal index, yeah. it's outperformed over the last 20 years by a street. And so we'll really continue comes, to do so. Absolutely. It comes at no surprise. And we could talk about this to the cows come home because this is what you and I do for a living mm. every single day. Mm. Absolutely. And it's a beautiful strategy, but you've got to let people in to learn it. And some, Oh, get my arms folded. <laughs> uh, what do these young blokes know about dividends? I've been investing in BHP since I was, you know, since black and white TV. Great, if that's your gig, terrific. But there are better ways and more effective ways of getting your money working, and that doesn't involve moving the money from one pocket to the other. It's actually new value add that you're creating, which by default is putting you ahead financially. And that's really what this game is all about. I'm certainly quite motivated to learn more, <clears throat> AB. For anyone who's in the same boat, where would you suggest having a look? Check out one of our events, Cash On Demand. Follow us on social media. We run events on a regular basis. We walk through it in a paint-by-numbers, uh, fail-proof, foolproof uh, way of doing things. Very, very easy to follow along and extremely effective in this market, in a falling market, in a sideways market. It's a very, very effective strategy. So check it out if you're someone that's looking for income. And look, don't get me wrong, there are some terrific factors behind dividends. I'm looking forward to my, uh, my one from Fortescue this week. The franking credit side of it is fantastic, but there are better ways. There are, certainly are. Thank you very much for sharing, AB. It's probably left a lot of people intrigued as it has for me. We've covered a lot today. We've covered what dividends are, what happened last year, what's happening now, and then some alternatives, which is a really good broad overview. So thank you very much for sharing. Pleasure. Look, this market's running hot, and I think we're going to see you know, a very, very handsome dividend cycle this time, probably next. But as I say, there are better ways of getting there. Absolutely. Thank you very much, AB. Pleasure. Anytime. There you have it, guys. That's dividends for you. Make sure you give us a review and a rating so we can share the word and get more people in front of this information. And we'll see you next week.